Journey to Pascha, Holy Week 2020, brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society of the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of Australia. On this great and holy Thursday, we hear the 12 Passion Gospels. We commemorate the institution of the Holy Eucharist, where Christ identified himself with the bread and wine and said, Take, eat, this is my body, drink of it all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant. On Holy Thursday, we remember the agony of the events leading to the Passion and the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, which dramatically revealed the human nature of Christ. On this day, we commemorate the washing of the disciples' feet, and in that, the revelation of Christ's profound humility and the manifestation of his perfect love. On this day, Holy Thursday, we remember Judas's betrayal of Christ with a kiss, the sign of friendship and love. And so, on Holy and Great Thursday, we are presented with the convergence of both the sorrow and pain of darkness and the joy and light of the Kingdom. This is the journey to Pascha. Holy Thursday, or Mysticos Dipnos, the Last Supper. We're all familiar with this icon. For many of us, it is in our dining kitchen area. Let us reflect on this event. From the Bible in Luke, Matthew, Mark and John, we hear that on the fifth day after Palm Sunday, when the Lord entered Jerusalem triumphantly, he met and sent Peter and John to prepare the Passover. He told them to enter a city where they will meet a man carrying a jug of water and that they were to follow him to his house to be shown to the upper room. That evening, Jesus Christ knew he would be betrayed and as the hour approached, Jesus and the twelve apostles sat in the upper room. We hear this in Luke chapter 22 verses 15 to 20. When the hour had come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks, and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. 
For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. We know that the Passover signifies the deliverance of the Hebrew people from Egypt. We hear Jesus with fervent desire, anticipating the great deliverance of humanity from the power of sin. The Passover meal is where the sacrificial offering is consumed. However, Jesus instigates in the Last Supper communion and the sacrificial offering of the true Lamb of God, namely himself. Holy Thursday takes us into the mystery of the Passover. It both commemorates and makes present to us the first part of the mystery, the part that was unfolded in the upper room. At every Easter feast, Jesus desires specially to come into us and to celebrate spiritually the Passover in our soul. And even when it is not Easter, each time at his own table, the Lord Jesus shares out the bread which is the communion of his body and the wine which is the communion of his blood. He celebrates this meal in the upper room of our own selves. Is everything ready to receive him? We need to prepare an upper room within us, so Christ our Master may be a permanent guest in our soul. During the Last Supper, Jesus washes the feet of the Apostles, his example demonstrating the love and humility that we need to have as well. The Saviour also reveals that one of the Apostles will betray him. They are bewildered, looking at one another and questioning. In the icon, we see that Judas reaches out and dips his hand into the dish. Judas, the deceitful traitor, who with a deceitful kiss betrayed the Lord. As they sat there, there was a dispute as to who would be the greatest, but yet again we see the message is that greatness consists in humble service to others and that the kingdom of God is for all to enter. Christ continues to talk to the disciples of a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. During this conversation, Jesus foretold that Peter will deny him. However, Peter declared that he would never deny him. Yet Jesus tells him, Truly I say to you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times, and you will say that you did not know me. The Saviour promises his disciples that he would send from his Father another comforter, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. We will hear on Holy Thursday the prayer, Let us all draw near in fear to the mystical table, and with pure souls receive the bread. Let us behold how he washes the feet of his disciples. Let us follow the example of what we behold submitting one to another. Christ also foretold that the disciples would suffer persecution and tribulations, but that they are to be of good cheer, for he has come to overcome the world. Let us in these times remember to pray for a pure upper room in our soul, for Christ to be present and to be of good cheer in these difficult times.
journey to Pascha. Holy Thursday, the trial of Christ. After the Last Supper, Jesus and his disciples went to Gethsemane. The Gospels present Jesus as distraught and troubled in severe agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was fully aware that he was under threat and that his death was imminent. The night of agony in the Garden was also the night of Jesus' arrest. Judas, one of the twelve, who had been present at the Last Supper, betrayed Jesus and brought an armed group of soldiers to take him captive. The death of Christ had been sought by the Jewish religious leaders in Jerusalem from the beginning of his public ministry. The situation became more intense, especially after Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. He had the support of the people crying, Hosanna in the highest! He spoke very plainly and to the point. He said that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. He chastised the scribes and Pharisees for reducing the Jewish religion to a purely external matter. You are like whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful but within are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to men but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. The scribes and Pharisees agreed that they had to stop Jesus, that he must die for the people so that the whole nation should not perish. charges made against Christ fell into two categories. The first was the violation of the law of the Old Testament, for example breaking the Sabbath, and the second was blasphemy, making himself equal with God. It was the second charge that became the basis for his conviction. We know that Jesus underwent two trials. A religious trial before the Sanhedrin at which he was mocked as a prophet, and the Roman political trial before Pontius Pilate, the prefect of Judea, at which he was mocked as a king. The religious trial was first, and took place during the night immediately after his arrest. After considerable difficulty in finding witnesses, Caiaphas, the high priest, asked Jesus the crucial question, Are you Christ? the Son of the Blessed. Jesus, who had remained silent to this point, now responded in a direct way. I am, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Jesus' reply recalls the many other statements he had made beginning with the words I am in St. John's Gospel. I am the bread of life. 
I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth and the life. Before Abraham was, I am. The use of these words themselves was considered blasphemous by the Jewish religious leaders. These words were the name of God, I am. By using them as his own name, Jesus identified himself with God. At the time of the burning bush, the word of God had disclosed these words to Moses as the divine name. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you in Exodus chapter 3. In reaction to Christ's claim to divinity, the high priest then immediately tore his mantle and all condemned him as deserving death. In their view, he violated the law of the Old Testament in Leviticus. He who blasphemes the name of the Lord shall be put to death. And now a few words about the political trial. The Jewish religious leaders lacked the political authority to carry out the above law, that is, to put a man to death. This authority only belonged to the Romans. Throughout his life and ministry, Jesus had carefully kept away from politics. He refused the temptation of Satan to rule the kingdoms of the world. He rebuked Peter, calling him Satan, when the disciple hinted at his deviating from his true mission. To Pontius Pilate, the cowardly and indifferent Roman governor, he said plainly, My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus was not a political revolutionary leader who came to free the Jewish people from Roman control and establish a new kingdom based on worldly power. Nevertheless, the religious leaders, acting in agreement with the masses, devised political charges against him. They presented Christ to the Romans as a political leader, the king of the Jews in a worldly sense, a threat to Roman rule and a challenge to Caesar himself. Pilate became fearful of his own position as he heard the charges and saw the masses. Therefore, Despite his testimony to Jesus' innocence, he passed a formal sentence, washed his hands of the matter, and turned Jesus over to be crucified. The most famous question in the exchange between Pontius Pilate and Christ was one of Pilate's questions. So you're a king? Pilate asked. Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king. For this I was born, to bear witness to the truth. Pilate said, What is truth? But Jesus gave no answer. An Orthodox Christian understands that the question, What is truth? is phrased incorrectly. Truth is not a concept. Truth is a person. 
it is Jesus Christ himself. Pilate was not open to a discussion as to the meaning of truth. He had his own preconceptions and understanding. Like many people in our time, truth can be anything they want, a way of imposing their will onto others. Pilate portrays the irony of Christ's words, I have come into the world to bear witness of the truth by this question, what is truth? This Jew, rejected by his own people and brought to be executed, he claims to have the truth? To Pilate, Jesus is a naive fool. To the Jews, he is a blasphemer and a lawbreaker. To us as Christians, he is our Saviour and our Lord. I am the way, the truth and the life, says the Lord. Truth cannot be contained in a doctrine or in a book. Today's world rejects Christian truth and morals, replacing them with a modern version of Pilate's conclusion, claiming that there is no truth because there is no God. Make yourself a God, the world says, and create your own truths. Jesus Christ as the truth must be followed in our time by everyone who wishes to follow the way and share in the life that he offers. May Jesus Christ, the way, the truth and the life, guide us through any trials we are facing in the world and shine as a beacon of hope in any darkness we find ourselves in today and in the future. Pray that this edition of the Journey to Pascha helps you to accompany the Lord to His Passion and His Resurrection this Holy Week. For more spiritually edifying material, subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or visit lyknos.org at lychnos.org, where you can find more Orthodox articles, talks, and podcasts to help you on the journey to your own personal resurrection this Pascha.